What's up, everybody? This is Jared Seymour, and you are listening to the Brownwater Banter Podcast. Uh, In this episode, I sat down and talked with Chad Kent and Kevin Harris, and we discussed all things space. Uh, This is something that Chad and I have talked about doing as a series on the podcast uh, for a while now, and this is the uh, first edition of it. Uh, On this episode, we pretty much talk about just our solar system. So uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Let's jump right in and get started. Look, I even wore my science watch. It's got tritium tubes in it, which, you know, is a, it's a radioactive isotope of hydrogen. So all these little glass tubes, they glow for 30 years. Without any light hitting them? Exactly. They no, the they light. literally make their own light. They are radioactive. As they decay. Exactly. Damn. Yeah, there's a, so there's tritium, and then the inside of the tube is coated with, like, phosphor, and the tritium interacts with it. So, of course, you know, the electrons in the tritium get excited, so they move up in orbit. Well, they can only hold that energy for so long, so when they drop back down to their actual orbit, boom, they emit a photon. Oh, see, I knew he was going to do it, dude. We used to do this when we practiced, man. He he knows all that stuff. And I know what you're talking about, but I don't know as well as you do. I remember chemistry class and stuff like that, so I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes, Photons have no mass. Nope. That's how they travel at the speed of light. They have to. I know, because if not, when light hit you, it'd knock you down. (laughs) Or it actually wouldn't go as fast as it does, right? Um, theoretically, right? Well, theoretically, because we don't know anything that has mass that can get to the speed of light. No, well, actually, if you look at the equation in itself, it's impossible. Right, because exactly. in order for something exactly. to go the speed of light that has mass, it would require an infinite amount of energy. Well, right. there is not an infinite amount, and of energy. there, and therein lies the conundrum. So here's here's a cool one for you. Speaking okay. since we're talking about that, uh, the Large Hadron Collider. Yes, for instance. Um, so you know they're using uh individual uh protons from hydrogen also correct but if you take that uh that itty bitty little particle at rest and then when you look at it when it's just the moment before they actually you know uh, collide them together from all of that extra speed you know as something goes faster it gets more massive so that particle is seven thousand times as large as it is right before collision as when it is at rest with more mass it gets larger and larger and larger but no, but the, but energy equals mc squared. Yeah. The faster you go, the more energy it has, so the more massive it is. That's awesome. That's also another one of those things why I think it was woven in the cosmological uh, fibers uh-huh. from you know from the big. I Bang believe or... the creator. Right. Uh, it was made into that to where that's one of those things that keeps us from ever going the speed of light because you can't get that big and then go back to your regular size. <laughs> so how do you uh, wind together? Uh, your 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 religious beliefs and then your obvious love for science because i look out there and i see that that is so unbelievably amazing there's no way that happened by chance me too that's exactly how i feel about it and i think that every single scientific discovery every single scientific talk that people get i just feel like that's cool that's just man's way of describing what uh, you know exactly did that's just our way of of that's how what we call it right and if it's a big bang and it started from nothing and it really was what a lot it's of scientists just, say, that was just how he did it. That's what we call it. it. Right, which, exactly. Which now they say is actually it was a period of inflation, which, you know, happened just for, you know, a few millionths of a second. And the universe or the kernel of it expanded to, you know, millions of times its size and literally like, you know, a, a millisecond. Right. So that initial inflation. And then it's funny because the guy that actually named it the big bang was a Catholic priest. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was a very avid astronomer. Telescopes all the time. The the Catholic Church uh, and their relationship with uh, science over the years hasn't been exactly great. Not exactly. No. Not exactly. But great. for that one, score. Yeah, yeah. I think about the uh, who was it that they uh, 
exiled, put in uh, pretty much house arrest. Uh, Galileo. Oh, Galileo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they just pardoned him like a couple of years ago. Really? Are you <laughs> yeah, serious? Like, totally hey, serious. you remember that thing we did back then uh, that led to tons of scientific discovery and was absolutely fundamental in our understanding of the universe that we totally arrested you for? But you, uh, I know it's 400 or whatever the number is yeah, years later. We forgive hey, you. Hey, my bad. <laughs> our bad about all that, you know? Um, dude, the reason that I wanted to have you in here and do this thing was because like you and I have had these kinds of conversations before a ton of times, like throughout us playing music together. And I love astronomy. Like I love space. I've always loved any single thing that was on television. Uh, I remember being a kid and being like a super Star Trek next generation nerd. Just loved it. Loved it. Love space. Love like the new ones. I haven't watched them yet. I actually just saw that there's a... Com- no, no, no. I don't mean the series. I'm talking like, uh, you know, Into Darkness and the newest movies. Do you like those? Oh, uh, of Star Trek. Yeah. The ones that's actually supposed Chris to look Pine. like... Yes. I do. I do. It doesn't... It's different. It's it's motion picture, blockbuster-y kind of thing. And it's cool and I like that, but it's a different vibe totally. to me than the next generation was very uh, intellectual to me. And even as a younger kid, that like sucked me in exactly that's why i say star trek greater than star wars because there's more reality i just think they're different yeah you're right i just think they're a different comparison you know what i mean i like them both a lot oh absolutely Uh, but it's just different and uh what got you into into space was it a program like that or have you always been into uh space no what was it no actually um as a kid uh my parents used to take me and my sister renee up to beachwood campground in northern new york state okay and, uh, you know, it's up in the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, the same spot, we always got the same patch. And it was at the highest point of anywhere in that entire area. Um, the highest point for the campground, of course. Mm-hmm. And the way uh, our little plot was set up, you're looking perfectly north off the top of this, you know, mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a humongous, we're literally at the edge of you know, the woods for that part of the campground. So the whole, all the way down the side of the Appalachian Mountain was just field. So it was completely open view as far as you could see. You know, and of course, line of sight's nine miles at sea level, but up there you could probably see a couple hundred miles. I like how you said, of course, like everybody just knows that. Like, well, I didn't know that. That's well, awesome. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad you do know that. And so, I'm glad it is, of course, to you. And that's, that's why I have you here. That's if you're six feet tall, of course. Um, what if I'm three inches taller than that? Does then that you could probably see like like <laughs> nine miles and a few hundred feet. It. Okay. But anyway, so... um we were getting ready to build a fire, just starting to get dark, and off to the north in the distance, as far as you could see, it looked like this white curtain mm-hmm. that was just barely moving, changing. I didn't know what that was. So, you know, I asked my dad, and he sat me down before we even lit the fire so we could see it. And he explained to me, you know, that it was the Northern Lights or the Aurora Borealis. And, uh, you know, at that time, he wasn't really into, you know, space and astronomy, but, you know, he knew that had something to do with, you know, uh, charged particles and the Earth's right. magnetic field, right? And that that sparked it right that there. That was it for you. That was it. Dude. I was totally amazed. And you've been hooked ever since. Ever since. Yeah. But then it got. That's a way cooler story than my Star Trek thing. But it got really bad though when uh, I lived out in Gulf Park Estates years ago, and um, I bought my first telescope. Just that, got, got good, a cheap one from this Walmart. This is where I wanted to go. Exactly. Keep going. It was a cheap one from Walmart. You know, not really an instrument, but still cooler than anything that I could look up there with. Right. And. uh Again, I didn't know a whole lot about it. I mean, I always loved astronomy, but I never really researched it. And then, uh, so I had to take it somewhere. And I didn't realize that, I was just so excited, you know, and I didn't realize that the Gulf Islands National Seashore closes at sunset. Didn't even see the sign. 
whatever. So I just went in there and went down to the main bolt launch. I set up, look at the brightest thing that I could see in that part of the sky. Cause of course, you know, all the way over to the east, yeah. it was just trees and, uh, got lucky Saturn that very next day I went and I got me a college course book and I started to read, even took the test at the end. And then I just, for the next few years, I was just like, Oh, everything astronomy, um, sold that scope, got me a, uh, what was it? A five inch Newtonian reflector. Um, and then that really opened up the sky. Can you explain what that means? Well, you know, a, a regular, like the first scope I bought was a refractive telescope. So, you know, there's a lens at the end, a prism at the end that you look through with an eyepiece. So as the light enters the instrument, it's literally being refracted through, you know, the, the lens. That was the first one that you That had. was the first one, right. And for people that don't know, what do you do for a living? Uh, I manufacture precision optics for military and hospital <laughs> equipment. <laughs> so just a little side bit. Kind of uh, crazy, You yeah. have a little credentials yep. here when you start talking about optics, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, one drawback with the refractive style is when you're looking at brighter objects, brighter objects, you get uh, chromatic aberration, and that's that rainbow look you get on that the very edge of bright things, especially the moon. It'll look okay. like a little bit of a rainbow around the edge. That's another beauty of using the reflective style, which is the kinds that I have now. That's the the actual uh, optic itself sp yes, splitting yeah, the, the wavelengths the, of the light? Yeah, the yeah, white light? the refractive one. So reflective, it's just literally a parabolic mirror in the bottom of the instrument, which you know redirects the light back up to a elliptical mirror. Um, you know, and of course it's elliptical because if you look at elliptical straight on, once you turn it 45 degrees, it looks like a circle. <laughs> and then that reflects the light up into your eyepiece. So since you're not actually bending any light until it goes into the eyepiece, you don't get that type of chromatic aberration. You still with us, Kevin? I am. I'm actually. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. cool. It's captivating, isn't it? You got you to gotta remember, I sell binoculars dude, and scopes totally dude awesome. you're gonna totally bust into so, that next time you're like hold I, on it's because it's I, a refractory I, I, with yeah, it so i don't know a lot about I, it i'm, I'm <laughs> i was just saying i should have been here taking notes yeah. i'm like hey, you know yeah. what the next time somebody comes in for a pair of binoculars we're gonna have a nice talk <laughs> my buddy chad kent was telling me <laughs> oh shit that's awesome okay so keep going so that so that so you got that was your first one so anyway, my first one was refractive yeah it was okay. a 60 60 millimeter you know two and a half inch something like that and then uh, i got that five inch and that one really blew me away because, uh, you know, just so much clearer. Um, and that's another thing with telescopes, too, is when you go get them at the department store, you know, quite often they brag about massive amounts of magnification potential. Oh, yeah, 600 times magnification. But generally, in perfect conditions, you can magnify about 25 times for every one inch of aperture. So you go get one of those little 60 centimeters, millimeter ones like I did, and then you're all excited and you go put in that massive powered eyepiece. And of course, then you're looking, every time you magnify, you're looking at a smaller and smaller patch of sky. So it's more and more difficult to find the object and yeah. especially to track it since we're moving the whole time. Right. If you don't have one of those fancy ones with a tracking motor. Um, so you put in that massive, that, you know, your Barlow lens, which doubles the power of all your eyepieces. And you put that little five millimeter lens in there and you finally start seeing some light, you know, and you get the thing adjusted around and then you finally see it and it's so blurry. It doesn't even look like anything. You know? So that's when it goes into getting bigger and bigger scopes. So I get the five inch, I can start magnifying more. Um, then I went to an eight inch and then I went to a 10 inch and, um, I was so excited with that one. I used to take people from my work when I worked night shift and we'd go down to, uh, uh, where the water tower in St. Andrews used to be. And, uh, I think I know where you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I got knocked over from Katrina. Okay. But, um, I used to take people there all the time and show them the sky. I mean, I loved it. You know, it was like teaching. Yeah. And, uh, 
And then you see other people get excited about it too. Yeah, we kept saying we were going to go and we just never, yeah, we had, never did. Never made time, yeah. So then now I'm up to my 12-inch reflector, which I I can't really move around a larger one than that on my own because it's so physically large now. Just the tube assembly is like 85 pounds. And it's not necessarily the weight. It's just how awkward, awkward it, is it is to is, move yeah. and big. And uh, so, But even with a 12-inch, I mean, you can magnify up to, theoretically, you could go to like 720 times. But realistically, the skies here in Mississippi, even right now, because this is the best viewing weather you'll ever get in Mississippi is when it's cool out because the moisture is gone okay. out of the air. Because moisture is your enemy when you're viewing because yep. that diffracts. That actually diffracts the light waves coming in, makes it blurry. You, you can't see as far in space, you know, because those really faint photons that are coming in from galaxies, you know, 100,000 or, yeah, I should say, you know, uh, 10 million light years away, mm -hmm. those few photons there are, they get, you know, uh, they get uh, diffracted out from you. Won't even see it in the telescope. So it's a less clear water. picture, right? So anyway, um, I got this twelve inch though, and uh, so you know you, you go out there and you probably magnify maybe three hundred and fifty times is all you're going to get. And after that, the image quality degrades enough where it's no point in making it any larger. I remember seeing uh, at your house you have a, a photo album mm -hmm. of pictures that you've taken of the moon, right? Yes, yeah. Is that through this one that you're talking about, or is that older ones? No, that actually, have? the majority of those are all through my 10-inch. Okay. And I'm stuck taking pictures of the moon because I don't have a tracking telescope. Um, because the image moves, you can't keep your aperture open. Otherwise, it'd just be one big blurry line. Wow. So, you know, I just used my cell phone, hold it up to the eyepiece, which is called afocal photography. It's the most difficult way of actually taking shots of the sky because not only is that, you know, your object you're looking at moving across the eyepiece. When you're that zoomed in, just a little bit of movement that it's making in the sky is making a ton of difference. Is that what you're saying? Well, it does, but even at low power, like my, the lowest power I have, it'll magnify 48 times. Mm -hmm. Even with that power, though, you got to understand out of that eyepiece, you have a light cone, you know, all that light that was collected from that 12 inch scope. It gets, yeah. you know, narrowed down to your elliptical and then it all gets shoved into your eyepiece. So then, you know, it goes in the eyepiece. When it comes out, it comes out like a cone of light, you know, because it's going into the eyepiece. It crosses over and comes out like a cone. So as it's widening up. So that's your focal point. This little lens on your phone. Mm -hmm. You have to find that focal point, which is a very, very precise point. You're talking within a millimeter-ish mm -hmm. before even the camera will start focusing. And then on that too, objects moving, and how still can you really hold your hand? Because if you're not perfectly square with that cone and you're off to the edge, then it does this thing called vignetting. Yeah. And, you know, that's where you start losing yeah. image at the edge. You lose the brightness, and especially something with such contrast, black sky, bright object, just the teeniest little bit of movement. It just vanishes. Mount, it looks like Could you mount the cell phone to it some kind of way or tripod it or something? You can't, I mean, you could. It'd be super difficult. You could, no, you could. You could. I just hadn't got that far. I got you. So I do. I've seen the photos. They look great. Yeah, I, I mean, do it by hand just fine. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it do, they do look really good, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, like, I wanted this, like, like that was already, we just busted into that, just, just not even trying. But, like, I feel like as cool as space is, that at least from what I see or what I'm aware, what's inundating me is, like, it's not being talked about enough, I don't feel like. It's I not. mean, I mean, I'm sure it's out there, and I'm just not finding it. But I'll tell you why I say that, and this is what I remember. Like, whenever they landed the 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 uh, Curiosity. Spirit and Opportunity and all those. After that, okay, it was Curiosity, curiosity. right, the big one. Mm -hmm. That got a pretty good little bit of hype, I remember, on the news. And I remember there was this one guy that was working in, like, um, the air, the, the not air traffic control, but the, uh, the, the what is the... Mission control. Mission control. Thank you very much. Yeah. And he was like, um, he had a mohawk 
and he was like a younger dude ish or whatever and they kind of made a character not a character out of him but they kind of highlighted him as a young guy and like here we are we landed this big ass you know the curiosity was a big leap forward from spirit mm-hmm. and opportunity was it not oh, yeah it was way more yeah exactly and i was like it just made me think it's like they could make there's people who will get into this, young kids who will get into this. They always have. I mean, even from the 60s back in the you know lunar landing missions, the Apollo stuff, like they could have kept that going, I felt like. And mm-hmm. I kind of felt like it just kind of petered out. I the have attention, noticed that too. The oh, I've noticed it, it too, big time. Yeah. Yep. And so you can still go, like the Curiosity has a Twitter account, you know, so there, it is out there. Mm-hmm. And the photos, man, the photos that came back of Mars from that uh, rover I think about like what Galileo would think of if he saw that. And then like to us, it's just something you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I've tried to show my son it's before. So my like, son, dude, that is, that is another planet. Mm-hmm. Another planet, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The shots I really like from the surface is when they're looking back towards the earth and, and you, you see that teeny tiny little dot. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's the, uh, the sister planet, right? To us, Mars. It's the it's kind of oh, no, close in no. size. Venus, no. Venus is. That's right. That's yeah. right. Venus That's right. is just but, a few hundred miles smaller. But it's so it's. Let's go through it. Let's do like a real good breakdown for everybody. Mercury. Yep. It's smaller than Venus. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's well. It's the smallest official planet now. I know. We're gonna get yep. into that debate in here. In yeah. A totally. Totally. Uh, it is. It has a surface. Well, of course. It, yeah, it's it, all rock. Right. It, it doesn't have an atmosphere. Nope. It's the closest to the sun. Yes. What's the, do you know off the top of your head? I know I'm grilling you here. Do you, the temperatures or the pressure? I think the temperature is somewhere around 400 C, if I'm not mistaken, 400 okay. Celsius. Okay. And um, that's kind of crazy hot. because, yeah, it's way hot. <laughs> but it's be, a little bit warm. Because there's no atmosphere, if you could stand on the surface, you're on the sunlit side. You're right at the Terminator, right? Where night turns to day. <laughs> yes. You know, and you're on that 400 C because there's no atmosphere. You literally would just walk across that line, and once the sun's not on you, you're like minus 300. Yeah. Did you Google it, Kevin? I did. What is it? And I just want to say how impressed I am by Chad. Hey, dude, he blows. Ex- well, it was approximately. I just said approximately. And it's 462 Celsius. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, dude knows his shit. Uh, so, Kevin, you're going to be the Google guy here because okay. I, w- I thought I was going to do a little more prep work and have some notes, and I didn't, of course. So, I want to walk it back. Yeah. No. Oh. See, and I was going to get to that. I See, was like 460. I was pretty sure that <laughs> was <laughs> Venus. Look, here he goes. That's how this, I'm telling you, he's the dude. Google it. You got it. He's the dude. He's the dude. He's the dude. All right. Four, 427. All right. Yep. See, it it's hotter. Is, I love it, dude. Check it out. It. So it's Venus is like, what, 30 million miles farther away, and yet it's hotter because it's it's literally the perfect example pressure of- cooker. Well, it's not just a pressure cooker. It's the it's the ultimate version of the greenhouse gases. Correct. And, you know- uh, that kind of effect. Every bit of infrared radiation that gets into it, stays. it just stays. Yes. Have we, and I used to know the answer to this, you probably obviously will, have we landed on yes. Mercury? Okay, how many times? This is oh, my oh, favorite on Mercury? Part. No, yes. not on Mercury, but on Venus we have. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. So no on Mercury. No, is there a reason so. other, you know, we could theoretically, right? I mean, we could, but you're Maybe talking about the temperature involved. What are we really going to gain from all those millions of dollars to okay. send one there? Because we did on Venus, which is hotter, Absolutely. which what used to be the screensaver on my iPad for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Do, if you're listening to this and you've never seen it, I, I would suggest Google the the probe uh, on the surface of Venus. It was a Russian probe. Yes. Right? Uh, it is absolutely, to me, just mind-blowing. It is totally mind-blowing because you're talking like, uh, I want to say it's like 30 atmospheres at the surface. That's crazy. So that's, you know, it's basically like you're under the ocean. Right, exactly. And then, of course, it's, 460. You know, it's, you know, 462 Celsius. 
and uh, you know almost 900 degrees, and that's actually kind of cool too because I've read before where if you were on the night side, the ground would just barely glow red. Wow, the very ground. Yep, and then of course let's not forget the sulfuric acid rain. Yep, you know which that probe I think they said lasted 90 minutes. Is it? <laughs> you just know it. 90 minutes, approximately. Yes, yes, that's awesome. 90 minutes and then it just fried. Yeah, I mean, because I wonder if there's anything left of it. Well, sure, there's still this... Well, yeah, it it wouldn't have melted to the ground, but the deal was just there was no way to keep the internal circuitry cool. Right. I mean, that 900 degrees, how long can you keep something cool? Even if they would have had, you know, modern, like, you know, liquid helium on board and insulation and stuff like that. I mean, once that stuff runs out, it's done. It's done, though. Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine inside that in the very first, you know lead connector just that's it that's it dude done that's (laughs) but they went there and that's one thing that they can say that we haven't been or we haven't done how many do you know how many it was a couple i think wasn't it that went to venus couple probes but i if i'm not mistaken that's the only one that actually survived it and could send any type of info back it's so cool if you're listening to this go google it man it's the closest thing to hell you could find and we got a photo of it and and it was a little i don't know if this was just a photo but it was a little yellow tint maybe the sulfur doing that or is that just like the, the photo that i looked at it was uh, no, like a no, yellow no. That's, tint that's, to the... yeah i mean i mean if you look at the actual real images of the planet it does the cloud tops have a very yellowish hue it's not like the white clouds here on earth right just what's all going on on that planet surface though like the things Dude, you can I learn think it's hiding can... some stuff like big time I, i've read some, we can get into that and, and it's yes told you yellow hue it's also spins uh retrograde okay okay not, or yeah. on its axis comp- I, is it that one? Is it compared to us, you mean? I think it's... Check that one out. I oh. think it spins retrograde. What are we looking? Uh, Venus. How, how it's uh, it's rotation when it's axis. Um, and so that's the second one out. Yep. <laughs> After that... Comes, Third rock from the sun. There we go, baby. Yep. That's us. Oh, yeah. And we're still learning stuff about us every oh, day. Oh, dude. We but, scratched the surface. But, but we're also shitting on it. Oh, man. Huh? Don't even get started on And I don't that. even mean that politically. It's no, just, I know you it's don't. It's just like... No, it's everything, yeah. People are like, me, 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 I'm here for my time now, and I don't care about what happens when I'm gone. Yep. We recorded uh, one with the aquaculture people. Uh, a friend of mine runs the aquaculture uh, at Ocean Springs High School, and he was just talking to us uh, earlier. You got it right? It's a retrograde spin? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to doubt any more of your facts. That's probably, and they assume that that's probably from some massive collision. Really? That turned it around? I mean, that's, think about, that's about the only thing that could have that kind of energy to do that. Why couldn't it have started that way? I mean, it's possible, but again, if you look at the dynamics of everything else in the in our solar system, yeah, you know, it makes more everything sense. spins yeah. counterclockwise. Huh? Yeah. Um, not saying it's not possible, but right, right. That's the best guess. But did going back to what you what we we're talking about about with Earth, then uh, yeah, a friend of mine runs the aquaculture at Ocean Springs High School, and he was saying they're they're doing all these like you know it's and everything's an estimate, but like twenty forty five, twenty fifty, they're not being sustainable like life left in the uh, gulf as far as for like harvesting shrimp and uh, all the things that we take out of the gulf in other words we overfish too much absolutely trying to learn new ways to uh harvest and and do it in a responsible way the 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 uh seafood industry and yes. stuff like that so i don't know it's something we got to think about well there's something where you know money drives them to just fish 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 fish, fish Co- correct and, you know correct all we can get it's hard to pump the brakes on economics when it, well and you got you know over 7 billion people to feed. That's also true. That's also true. So see, already right now, just talking about that planet, it gets sticky. It does. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a whole different set of dynamics. Oh, it is. 
Um, let's keep going. And that's why it's beautiful to look out there because it's like no problems. Well, uh-huh. yeah, exactly. No societal problems, except there's no oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's kind of very a big true. problem, right? <laughs> but there is water. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Segway. And into Mars, right? So we already talked about, and well, we a- skipped the moon. Well, yeah. Even though it's not a planet. No, but you let's know, go. Let's hit the moon real now quick. That that's pretty much been decided. That yes, that definitely happened from a massive collision with the Earth because the makeup of it is exactly the like same. our mantle. They they did. I mean, that's pretty. They're not debating that as much anymore. Is that what you're saying? Because I'd heard you know really. certain people. Okay. Well, sure, there's certain people, but there's also certain people that believe the Earth's flat. I was gonna there's also that certain too. people that think that we didn't go to the moon. Yes, you know, also equally does. idiotic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. My mic just slipped. Um. First, I know the first probe in space was Sputnik, right? Those were the Russians. The Russians did that yes. as well. Oh, they did a lot of firsts. I know. They did. They did a lot. First. First dog? Not man. We was had. It, was it Laika? We had man, right? No. They, they had too. man too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yuri Gagarin. Damn him. What did, what was, what did we have? Let's get to our first then too. Uh, the moon. I know the moon. I know yeah. that one. But like okay, all right, first, all right. Uh, we were the first actually, orbit. Look, and this was the point where we finally passed the Russians in the space race. Right. They had beat us on everything until we finally sent up two different Gemini mm-hmm. craft, and we did the first maneuvering. You know, because that was absolutely critical to be able to, you know, get the lunar module separated from, uh, you know, the capsule. Yes. You know, dock those and then send off. So we were the first to do that. Okay, I like that. That and that goes back to what we said earlier about economics driving, uh, you know, what's done. That was a military race, was it not? I mean, they. Oh yeah, that's. that's it, I mean, it, it was like pure science rattling, like big time. That's like, right. Yeah, we had the superpower. Well, because then a lot of things came off of that. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, weaponry was developed. Oh, absolutely. Tons of technology, like. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't tech. just pure. We want to learn about outer space. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, it was who can put up, who yeah. can put satellites up here so, first? Totally. Who can put some you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. shoot missiles down? Well, because you know that was the whole fear of well, you know, they put a satellite up there first. They're going to own the airspace over us. That's what right. can we do about That's it? That's right. That's right. And a lot of space stuff got space for space for. You on board with that? You on board with that? I mean, someday I believe it will be necessary. Maybe not right now in the immediate future. I honestly think that's true too. I mean, think about it. Right, like right now, China is ramping up their the space race for their country. Um, they I mean, just landed, right? I mean, they just landed. Yeah, we now, talking, that's what started yeah. this. We were talking text yeah. messaging back and, and forth. Now, yeah, and they're already talking about. Well, now we're going to put some men up there. Yep. And they're also saying, guess what? We're going to go to Mars. They're gonna shoot for Mars. Absolutely. Let's let's uh let's stick with the moon. So yeah, we, so we so I'm sure they probably the Russians landed a bunch of probes up there too, right? I don't know if they hit before we did with I, the, you know I on the what moon? Yeah, yeah. the moon. Yeah, I know. That, I'm pretty they, sure they they did. were the first on the moon. Probe wise. Probe wise. Yeah, yes. probe wise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The Luna two. Uh, yeah. There was some cheesy space. Yeah. Good job, Kevin. <laughs> and you didn't Google any of that. He totally. Uh, you there was some cheesy space movie that was a good premise i thought we sent some this was like in the future we sent some uh people up there on the moon they were doing something something happens right it's a space movie and they i don't know the name but they go by an old soviet thing uh old soviet probe that was on there and i just again like a little kid i'm like that would be so cool it's like a time uh capsule that you just Mm -hmm. see all this 60s technology just sitting there on the surface of the moon from the russians and i thought that was the coolest part of the movie was it uh Superman two or three when uh, Zod and those bad guys they they burst out of that alternate dimension and they went to the moon before they came to the Earth 
and there was a lunar module there, and there was a scene there where they crushed it and everything. It was really? so awesome. That's yeah. too, see, that's to me. I'm like, that's so awesome. I know. Um, so obviously, uh, we landed on the moon, mm-hmm. 1969, I believe. July. Right? Yeah, Neil Armstrong. 11. Yeah, yep. Buzz. And then we have sent 14 guys there in the last mission. I was 77? 72. Two, okay. okay 72 okay. was the last time we went there. Okay. And never been back since. I don't know. I, I find that. Well, it's funny too because economics again. You know, initially there was that huge excitement mm-hmm. of going to the moon, yeah, and then like, and then just you know, within a few missions, the excitement went down. They stopped airing the yeah, you know, the transmissions from the yep. the capsule, and yeah, yep, that's crazy. I know he's over there trying to Google all this. Uh-huh. No, I'm actually looking at the list of movies. Oh, that were been about the moon. Well, I put in space, so you're getting a lot of. Dude, Apollo 13. Yeah, dude. you're getting... That was all. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a good movie. They, Did you know that was actually filmed in, in zero... Well, almost zero G. All the with zero the plane, G scenes. Yeah, with the, the parabola plane. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was that amazing. Yeah, I bet that was difficult. You better believe Logistically, it. Logistically. Because you get approximately 30 seconds to get a shot, and then you're climbing again. And wow. Think about the expense yeah. of that. Just for the plane. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. I knew that there had been certain scenes in movies that they did do that, but the whole but all of that and every in zero G scene in that movie is legit. Wow. I mean, think about it. When when Fred Hayes is playing around with the, the fluid and boom, yeah. makes perfect spheres. Yeah. You can't I just thought that, that was CGI. Heck no. They didn't do that in gravity. Real deal. Sandra so, Bullock didn't do that. No, because yeah, well, you know, she's crap boxing <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't see it. And I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah, um, all right, so let's keep moving out. Let's keep, keep expanding. We're going. So now we're at Mars, right? All right. Yep. Uh, I my remember. I remember is Spirit and Opportunity. I know there was tons of shit before that. Even stuff. And then, and we should say too. Before we land on planets, we usually circle around them a Absolutely. couple times, scan yep. them with radar. Oh yes. Right? Figure yep. out what the surface is. Do you know the two moons for Mars? Oh man. One starts with a pH. No. Phobos and Deimos. Okay, then no, I didn't. I, I must have been thinking like Saturn or Jupiter moons. Uh, Europa. Yeah, that's out to Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. And that's another place with water too. Yes. Let's go to Mars. So we know yeah, now. We fa- There's water. We know it. Absolutely, 100%. Not just Liquid. in the permafrost. Exactly. Not Frozen. just permafrost. Yep. Frozen. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should mention real quick too that the, the Chinese landed on the dark side of the moon. Uh, Pink Floyd rules, and uh, yes, <laughs> they took some pictures of that shit, and it and was it's weird. Incredible, though. I know, yeah, I know. That's so awesome. So I'm glad that they're getting back into the moon. All right, we're gonna scramble back. So back to Mars again. So we know there's water there. Yep. We've got these. Uh, like again, I don't know beforehand. What was the one that with the, with the airbags that crashed and bounced around? Was that Spirit and Opportunity? They I weren't. So. The, they weren't the first ones that landed on the uh, the surface of Mars, were they? I don't know. Maybe they were. We could Google it. Was there Viking probes? Or not? Those, those went oh, out. Those went out. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they went out. Yeah. Um, anyway, Curiosity's taking like HD pictures like there's nobody's business. Oh, yeah. And uh, we know there's 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 liquid water. I don't know what that means. I mean, we know that that's like the fundamental thing for Just, life on this planet, right? You know, the atmosphere is so tenuous there that when they have their dust storms, yeah. you could stand on the surface and you wouldn't even feel the wind. As it blew by you? Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's so tenuous. There's so few particles. Right. There's so few molecules. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't have the sensation. But there's enough to pick up that dust? Mm -hmm. That's weird. Kind of crazy. And also, the atmosphere is also so thin, and it's so cold, too. If you had a sealed bowl of water and you took the lid off it, it would look like it just exploded in your face. Because it would just absorb (laughs) into the air, right? Yeah. Dang, that's cooler. Isn't that crazy? 
and it's a, uh, I know you're going to know this. The, a Martian day is called a. I'm actually brain farting. No. I'm, it's like Chad 57. You got to tell one, A soul. That's right. Yep. Soul. Yeah. Yep. Well, you I mean, knew it. One day here is a soul, though. No, I thought the time is different, right? It's not 24. Well, soul. Around its axis, right? Yeah. It's diff- It's a different amount of time. I well, think. yeah, sure. It's a different amount of time, but it's still one. Like if you're on Jupiter, your one day is a soul. I thought they called them different names for a planet. We call it a day. They call it a soul. Is that that I hmm. did I misinterpret all that shit? I don't know. Maybe I did. I don't know either. Um, kind of cool, but yeah, yeah, it's just it's like what forty minutes longer than our day, or uh, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the communications and back and forth between the probes, like keeping track. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like like Derek actually, he when we used to jam together, I always felt like he was on Martian time. <laughs> no, I'm I'm serious because literally like every single day. He would get up later and, and later, later, and later and later. I think that might have been some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> no, not with him. No, no. Um, any musician. I was just making a <laughs> random r- reference there. Uh, moving out next. Asteroid belt. Okay, that's cool. the very thing that holds up the solar system's pants. But don't. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, we I shared today, uh, knowing we were going to do this tonight a picture of what the solar system actually looks like moving through space. And I think most people think about the the picture that you saw in your eighth grade, like science book of the sun in the center. It's a two dimensional object, right? And it's like an electron, uh, you know, ring around an atom exactly. and it's just doot, 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 and all the planets are on it and they spin around in this two dimensional circle. And it honestly, I'll admit this. It wasn't until a few years ago that I ever saw the planes are all a little different. And they're elliptical. And yeah, and then it, the sun is actually moving through space, which is like, yeah, wait, I knew that, but I never really thought about okay, it. Okay, so p- the plane of the galaxy. Yes. Our solar system. Yes. You know, the plane of it is yep. about like that. On a 45 is what he's doing for people who can't see. Well, right? no, it's closer to a 90. Okay. But um, but yeah, that that uh, I've seen those things where everything is doing the corkscrew around it. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. And if you think about it too, you know, how far out we are we've only been around the center our solar system has only been around the center of the galaxy like 16 times oh wow that's a long way i know that is a long over four and a half billion years yeah that's a that's unfathomable it's taking a long time man. yeah man 16 times how many more can we go yeah, right uh next up uh is there anything cool to say about the asteroid well belt? okay I mean, so the we've asteroid landed belt. on a couple of them right uh well no we've checked Not, them out we didn't and, land uh, on one yeah, well, we land on a comet, and uh, difference between a comet and an asteroid is the comet is actually erupting the water that is. Well, no, no, no. On okay, it. no. So, like, you know, the asteroid belt, you know, that's they're on a fixed Correct. rotation Correct. in their own orbit or whatever, and they're mostly rock. Where the comets, um, they think that they came from the Oort cloud. Yes, and they're you know uh, mostly uh, ices and such so yeah as they get once right about when they get to jupiter's orbit that's when the solar wind is intense enough where they finally start gassing off before that because the heat from the sun right it it, it actually starts to well and it's not just the heat too it's the actual uh yeah the particles the very you know the solar wind the very same thing that makes the aurora borealis wow all right eroding Uh, you know and that's another thing too if you all the time when you think of the asteroid belt, you know, you see the pictures in your kid and stuff, and you yeah. think there's just so many of them. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, it'd be hard to go <laughs> well, through in the it. movies. In the yeah. movies, they But do in the same reality, thing. there is so much space between each one yeah, of those. I have and, heard that And before. they also say now that, you know, we've we've spent enough time now where we've cataloged pretty much all the objects in the asteroid belt. And if you put them all together, I mean, it wouldn't even make a moon. 
Really? Yeah. Dude, Isn't that amazing? Somebody, whoever was writing textbooks in the 80s, late 70s and 80s and 90s needs to be fired. That, well, that artist. Was, that was before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he needs to be fired, <laughs> yes. dude. He had like a ton of them in I there. I know, dude. It's like, how are we going to get through that? How are we going to get through that? It's it's very, very congested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah so, then, yeah, so we move on to Jupiter. Mars. Oh, yeah, Jupiter. Yeah. Jupiter, yeah. We're just going the other way. Which is the Jovian giant. Now, that one I can tell you a lot about. Let's do it. So, of course, everybody knows the largest planet in the solar system. It is so massive, you could put all the planets inside, and there'd still be room left over. Even Saturn. Even Saturn. Jesus, that's yeah. big, yeah. Yeah, that big. Um, it's approximately a thousand times the mass of the Earth, again, approximately. Right. Um, here, here is, And I think I asked you this a long time ago, which always kind of, we grow up learning that it's a gas giant. Yep. It's a gas giant. Mm-hmm. But it does have a metal core, a metal center. Okay. Right? You couldn't, dry, you couldn't theoretically, okay. fly all the way through Th- it. This is kind of cool about that, so... It's not you just know, gas. Very tenuous on the outside, right? Yeah. Oh, and that's the other thing, too. When you're looking at that planet, you know, like through telescope, mm-hmm. and you see the dark, the two darkest bands, you know, on the north and south side of the equator, mm-hmm. you're actually looking down into the atmosphere. All the other cloud tops, you know, imagine, if you will, when you're standing at the edge of a thunderstorm coming in, you know, one of the big anvil clouds. Yeah. It's just like that, only way more massive. So those to channels where you can see the dark bands that's actually uh, transparent hydrogen because you know a lot of it's hydrogen helium ammonia stuff like that and uh, so that's almost like clear skies it's decent weather in there but mm-hmm. then everything else you know it's crazy way higher it. just crazy you see all the little vortices and stuff so yeah getting to the metal core though so as you travel down through the atmosphere you know gravity it's you know it's pulling everything tighter and tighter plus you have the weight of everything on top of it so the deeper you get in you know, that hydrogen, eventually it turns into um, a, uh, what is it called? Uh, it's like a liquid hydrogen, and then it turns into a liquid metallic hydrogen, which it has the properties of a metal. Okay. But it's gas. It's that dense. And then they, you know, there's still speculation on if there actually is a rock core. So, but something would have to give it that exactly, mass, right, that's creating that gravity, right? Or is it Itself ju- is. It, itself does. It's just so much, so much, I mean, how, again, my mind, like, a planet like Earth or Mars makes sense. It's a big ball of rock. Yep. And it's just chilling there, and it's got gases around it that are that the gravity from the rock and the iron core or whatever, like in our, in our, the liquid core. Certainly. In uh, Earth's case. Holds it all together. That makes sense to me. But if you're just saying Jupiter is a huge ball of gas, like how did it get stuck together? To well, begin that's what I'm saying. Like it's, where does I don't? It's pretty. It's much, always confusing. They pretty much, you know, are, are sure that it had to have started with that. But you know, science they want absolute concrete right. proof right. of it, and we right. still haven't actually figured out a way to penetratively once all for all yeah. say that it has a rock core. I think that it does. I mean, that would start the you know pulling all the hydrogen gas right in, which right. that's something cool about it was they say that jupiter was actually in a battle with the sun and the sun is what won wow yeah that's super cool totally cool that is t- totally cool so then because it's a gas giant also and that's something this is pretty wicked too so it's about 11 times the diameter of the earth okay right that's maybe not quite but pretty significant close. yeah it's pretty significant so um <clears throat> We take 24 hours ago, you know, it's, you know, what is it, 24,000 miles around our equator. Well, it's about a quarter of a million miles around the equator of Jupiter. But get this, that thing is spinning so fast, it takes about 10 hours to for spin one all day. the way around? And because of that, I think, did not know think that. about the gas and all of that, you know, yeah. the fluidity of it. <laughs> Kevin's over here like, yep, because I Googled it, that's because right. Because it's <laughs> spinning, because that thing is spinning so fast, centrifugal force, yeah. it's literally trying to fling itself apart. And but you can it can't. Actually, you can actually see this with my telescope. It's oblate when you look at it. 
the poles are about 10% closer together than it is at the equator because it's just flinging itself apart. Wow. That is, that's weird. And And that's where all those storms come from, right? And I think everybody famously knows the big red, uh, the great red spot. The great red spot. (laughs) Kevin's pointing out the great red spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's been storming on since Galileo discovered it. Yeah. And uh, it's how big. uh, Well, there's, you know, I've, over the years, I've heard so so many different, uh, you know, guesses of it, but they, they say basically it's like the diameter of two earths. Or you could take the earth and skin it, you know, and it would be that wide. You thought Katrina was big. That ain't nothing, <laughs> That son. ain't nothing, boy. But this is yeah. cool, too. Um, over the years, it is getting lighter in color, and recently, now they're saying it's shrinking. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. That's our second one of the show. Uh, but still, for a 400-year storm, I mean, that's right now, that's the undisputed champ. Of uh, the galaxy that we know of. I mean, right? Um, dang, that's awesome. Tons of moons. Oh my word! There's 62, 64. If you're that big, moons, you got an entourage. Like Absolutely, is the way. But I look of course, at that. the four main ones: Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. And they think liquid water on some. He got it right. Yeah, he did. Of course, he did. Yeah, um, he's saying it faster. I can read it. Okay, so <laughs> Wikipedia so, can't even keep up. And with this, this is pretty guy. awesome too. Io he told you he read about it. Io is actually the most volcanically active place in the entire solar system. Wow. That moon is basically turning itself inside out. It's getting ripped apart by Jupiter's gravity, right? Well, not, not ripped just apart, Jupiter. but like, no? Not just Jupiter. It's those other three moons, too. Man, they're bullies, dude. So, yeah, you got to think about it. You know, those moons, they're gravitational, too. Of course, Jupiter is the biggest gravity. Right. But at those times when, especially when all four of them line up, is because they're all, you know, going different rates. Think about how Jupiter is trying to pull it apart on that side, and then all these planets are yeah. so just plastic. So it's, it's just, just continuously, continuously yeah. So it looks expanding, like, contracting. Looks like pizza on the surface. Dang. Well, from like a distance. Pizza. Yeah, and it's, it's funny, too, because we didn't know it was volcanically active until, oh, which probe was it that we sent up there? Was it the Galileo probe? But anyway, uh, one of these probes that we sent up, um, it was like on the night side of um, of Jupiter. So, you know, it was being blocked, the right, sun. Right. And they just happened to look back at Io, and they could see it looked like a neon light geyser coming up out of there. And, yeah, and it was it was the one of these volcanoes. And so what it was, these particles that were being shot out of that volcano, um, that, uh, that uh, that's the other thing about uh, Jupiter as well. It is so unbelievably radioactive. That's one of those things, too, why um, just say the movie, you know, 2010, you know, when we went up there to save the craft from 2001, they got stuck out there. I mean, the human body would never be able to survive that radiation for very long. But because of that radiation, and there's also this thing that's called uh, a torus. So it's this, uh, it's basically like a radioactive tube that Uh comes out from Jupiter. So it's even more intense with the radiation. Well, when those particles get shot out from that... uh, from that volcano, they start interacting with all of that radiation, and it makes them glow. Dang. Wicked. That is wicked, dude. That yep. is wicked. So then, okay, so Io, um, definitely nasty place to be. Uh, it's mostly yellow, you know, from all the sulfur. Yeah. And then, so then you move out to Io. That is basically a big, huge water ball that's frozen, and of course, they're, you know, they speculate that underneath this could be will be will be liquid water. Not could be, yeah. will be. Because there again, just think about the forces that are happening to Io and right, twisting so there it may around. Be heat. No, there's there ain't no maybe about it. There there's is, definitely yeah, some heat yeah. down there, which should make geothermal vents. Yes, and we've already discovered all kinds yeah. of life in our geothermal. I was going to say that. Yeah, those worms that grow in like down in the, where there's zero sunlight, zero. Yes, and not only is there no sunlight, it's like uh, 
methane erupting out of those vents. And let's not forget that the water itself, too, is quite often is more than boiling. Yeah, and and they're just chilling. And they're just like, oh, they're that's it, crazy. It up. When I, I remember seeing that on whatever it was, Discovery mm. Channel, whatever program it was, and just like when I saw that, I'm like, there's no way that 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 a that happens, but it is because we saw it, mm-hmm. and b that there's not life somewhere else. How how there, how there is. Has I'm to telling be. you, there is. I know. So, um, all right. Well, to go on with that, and I was just talking about this with somebody today at work. Um, there was a, a bunch of uh, Buddhist monks that are also happen to be astrophysicists, and this was years ago. I have this book called The Quantum and the Lotus, and they talk about a bunch of these, you know, science experiments and stuff, and the connection with religion, you know, Buddhism right. and stuff. But anyway, so they actually these super smart astrophysicists they sat down and they started with the most pessimistic number you could start with you know to put a value on this type of a thing and they did some crazy math experiments and basically in this experiment they even said that just in our galaxy alone there is at least 10 places with life yeah we're not in, i've heard that yes that's just in our galaxy i know so and then what is there you know trillion galaxies out there yeah, it's you know, like it's almost mathematically it's mathematically impossible, and that's what they were getting at. Yeah, and they also said the same thing too. They believe also that the chan they kind of trying to put this like in a scientific method, but they said that uh, the chances of the universe being an accident are the same chances of taking all of the parts from a seven forty seven jumbo jet, sticking them in a pile. I've heard that, and having a tornado go over it and assembling a fully functioning seven forty seven doesn't happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, back to, uh, so yeah, Io. I have watched this for about 20 years, and I'm hoping that someday they'll do it. Um, but they have been trying to figure out a way to have a lander land on the surface. That would be, you know, your your talk back for us. Right. And then they have, like, some type of a device that using a, uh, of course, they're saying probably the best bet would be some type of a nuclear reactor, Makes a miniature heat. one. It'll make heat melt through the surface be connected with an unbelievably long monofilament wire of some sort to be able to, you know. Better use spider wire. Yeah. be a braided Either wire. way, but yeah, so they want to go <laughs> through the surface and then go down and see if there are geothermal vents and find some life down there. That's crazy, man. I wish they would do that. I say that. go for it. I know. I'm all about all that kind of stuff. Like, throw money at it. Let's go, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that moon is continuously changing as well, too, because um, when we take pictures of it, you know, there'll be cracks in the surface, just like, you know, uh, down here the ice does. I mean, it's plasticine. Yeah. It's not totally you know, not moving. And, uh, occasionally when they go back and they look at fresh pictures, there's fresh, like, uh, mineral deposits, different colors that come up through these cracks, which is more evidence saying that there's got to be something happening down there. That very well could be organic material. I'm on board. I am too. Dang. All right. Let's keep, let's, let's, yeah, right. Exactly. Let's jump over because we could probably do a whole, okay, wait, a whole wait, so, episode. Uh, all right, yeah. No, no, right. no, no, we'll, go ahead. You got, is it a good one? Is it something we need to hit? Because um, we well, could do a whole episode on just the moons. I was going to say, and see, I can't remember now if it's Ganymede or Callisto, but one of those two, um, the two sides of the moons look completely different than each other, just like our moon does. But even more so, it's more drastic, the difference of the two sides. And again, that goes back to that photo that we just got like exactly. last week of the Chinese of what the dark side of the moon. I believe yeah. that's the first like photo, right? It I is. mean, I'm sure we've I flown mean, by dude, it, you know, yeah, the that's, Apollo mission. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. With actual light from the, from uh, the unreal. spacecraft that took the photo. Uh, Saturn, probably one of the more fa- uh, famous with the rings, right? The most probably famous of the planets. I mean, that's the one that those. hooked me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like uh, when Galileo discovered it, he actually said it looked like it was an orb with handles. Uh-huh. Because you know, think about it. They're telescopes back then. I mean, the one that I have sitting in my house that I ordered is... 
far and away better than anything they had to look through back then. I mean, they used to use like some type of reticulum metal or something. They'd polish metal mirrors and do it that way instead of glass. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Saturn, you can see the rings, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So Saturn, some cool things about it. Um, its specific density is less that of water. So if you could have a cosmic size water bowl, that planet would literally float in it. I've never heard that. I'll have to blow you. Yeah. I've never heard that. And it's another one that's mainly gas, right? Helium and hydrogen. Yep. And again, the debate, whether there's actually some kind of core that you could you know, More the, than likely. And, you know, it's the same thing. It would be the same composition, you know, as of Jupiter as you go through the, you know, the cloud tops, you know, get more and more dense, liquid metallic hydrogen. I mean, totally crazy, blow your mind. Tons of moons. Tons of moons as well. Um, at one point, it was actually in a battle with Jupiter for the most moons, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Jupiter has beat it. That makes sense because it's bigger. It's larger, absolutely. Lot, lot oh, that gravity. was another interesting fact about Jupiter, even though we already passed it. That's okay. Was um, comet hunters will tell you, Jupiter has saved us yes, so I've many heard times that. from I've comets. Yep. Yes, because if the sun doesn't eat them up, Jupiter does. Yep. And then, of course, Comet Shoemaker, Shoemaker Levy 9, mm-hmm. what was it, in 94 or something? Yeah, they had that Broke whole up in 26 thing. pieces, man. Oh, that's right. They the, the cult, cult that yeah. killed themselves. Yeah, what were wow. they called? This, um, gate, gatekeep? I think Stargate. So. I don't know. It's something close. Kevin could Google yeah. that. Shoemaker Levy cult. Yep. Um, yeah, it broke apart. We got to watch that. And then it hit Jupiter, right? And that then we got was, to watch well, yeah, that. The, the gravity of Jupiter, because the way its orbit it was, it, you know, it wasn't actually heading straight towards it, mm-hmm. but those, that tidal force from that, it just, as it sucked it in to change its orbit, it was just, it was too much for it and it broke it up in all God. those pieces. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Especially when the first image came out, because when the first one hit, it hit just past the limb. So we couldn't actually see the impact. Mm hmm. But it was close enough that you could see the edge of that explosion rolling yeah, over I the side. I remember hearing. And then when it came around and we actually saw the picture, that bullseye was as big as the earth. And I remember hearing too, like, didn't they do calculations on what the nuclear equivalent of that was? And it was something How many that you just couldn't billions even, of megatons? Yeah, you couldn't even fathom. Uh, what you got over there, Victor? I got nothing yet. Okay. Uh, Shoemaker-Levy cult. Um, I think it was like this, I don't remember, star something. Anyway, it's not important, but. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. They all wore Nikes and like jumpsuits when they killed themselves. If I remember right, that's kind of morbid. But anyway, uh, Saturn's probably, like you said, probably the most like symbolic, iconic, whatever you want to call it, because of the rings. That's okay. Made the up- rings are so big. There we go. Also, that's they're so massive that uh, from one side of the rings to the other is two thirds of the distance from the Earth to the Moon. One side of the ring to the other is. Yeah. Two thirds, damn. So yeah, imagine the Earth yeah. and the Moon and Saturn in there, and it would cover two thirds of that distance yeah. to get there. That's I a, mean, okay, and that's another thing. This is really cool too. Um, you know, in the pictures, the rings look like it's you know something tangible yeah. and solid, it's, but in reality, you know, there again, you know, that's it's very tenuous. Although the you know particle size ranges from microns up to you know chunks as big as a mountain, you know. <laughs> Just floating around yeah. out there, huh? Of course, the ones that are big, there aren't too many of the big in a mountain, but they actually call those shepherding moons. And since we have uh, had, um, what was it, the Cassini-Huygens craft, that was the one that just blew our minds, mm-hmm. you know, when it ascended up there. And uh, once we got closer looks at the rings, 
we actually started seeing these like waves and wiggles in them and these lines that we couldn't see before where there was nothing there. And that's what those massive chunks, these shepherding moons, these ones the size of mountains, the gravity from those is just enough that it'll keep those little areas open. And uh, the largest gap in the rings is the Cassini division because he, um, uh, Cassini discovered those. It's about 2,500 miles wide. So, you know, when I'm looking through my telescope and I look at it and I see that gap, I'm like, wow, you can actually stick the United States in between that thing. Damn. I mean, yeah, that's wicked. Maybe I confused it with a different comment. I don't know. I think I, I don't think I did. Kevin's still Googling. No, no, no. That you're, was it? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah. Um. So, should we keep going? Do we, with the, the planets or is that, what are we no, missing from fine. Saturn? Did we cover the moon? Um, I mean, let, let me think. Well, it's, well yeah, Titan. Super. Titan. Holy crap. Yeah, we actually sent the probe down to Titan and uh, we discovered there was actually lakes of methane. That, that is, uh, again, makes me think about that worm that. Heaven's Gate. There you go. Heaven's I knew it was gate. gate. I knew it was something. Stargate. Heaven's gate, something. Gate. Yeah. See, my brain Thank is kind of like his, but just like half ass. You know what I mean? Where I just remember some of it, but not not that. I don't remember specific. all of it either, man. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the methane though, with that, with the, the the vents at the bottom of the ocean floor, where there's something living in that. How do you live in methane that's boiling that ha or water, whatever it is on Earth, and you're just chilling and growing and living and your thing? Uh, like, because that you can't you can't think line. about you can't think about us. Right. Human, humans are fragile. I know. You know. Well, um, we're, this is the environment that we exactly, in, exactly. So. Now, you know, you want to talk about tough? I bet you we could send some tardigrades up there and they'd survive it. What are the? Is That's a water bear. That is the most robust living organism on Earth. Now that he said that, I can actually chime in on this. You Here must, we go. You must watch the South Park episode about the water bears. Is it good, dude? <laughs> this is where Kevin's expertise <laughs> comes in, huh? It does. It does talk about it. It actually brings in football because Jerry Jones is trying to raise water bears to be Cowboys fans. But it gives you a little. It gives you a little history on the water bears in that episode, dude. That's hilarious. That's you awesome. see, South Park is educational. Is it right? Is it, it not? Can, it can be. I mean, dude, come on. It actually told us how ridiculous Scientology was. Oh, yes, man. and I loved it how it oh, said at the God. bottom, you know, people actually believe this. I know, I know. Gold plate. I was just listening to that the other, about that the other day, and it just it was just a tax write off. It what? But they beat the IRS though. exactly. So anyway, Titan is they say it's like a primordial version of the Earth. I when like we that. look at that, we're actually looking at the Earth the, the way past. it could have been like you know a couple billion years ago. That's so awesome. Uh, after Saturn, we're headed out. Where are we going next? All right, jokes aside, no, the proper pronunciation is Uranus. It is not, not your butt. <laughs> it is Uranus. Dude, I have like 15 Uranus jokes right now ready to go. And, and, you're gonna, you're gonna and they don't apply. I know. Uh, yeah, I have seen that. It rains diamonds. On, I knew uh, I had heard that on certain planet. I didn't know if it was our solar system or not. Um, oh, yeah, that one actually, the axis is 90 degrees in relation to all the rest of the planet. So it's actually laying on its side. So one of the hemispheres of it. Uh, let's I wonder see. why that happened. They also believe that was from a massive collision. collision. Yep, a lot of bumper cars going on. In the but, solar um, that's uh, what is it? Seventy-eight years for an orbit. Can you look that up? And verify that for me. Sure. I'll handle that. Yeah, and then but anyway, so for half of He's its go-to Googler for half of its orbit around the sun, one hemisphere is you know totally lit, and the other half is not. Yeah. For years. Do you have to have a telescope to see Uranus? 
Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I, to, get I can just look in the mirror. I had to get one. Now, right, if I'm, I'm not going to do anymore. If I want to look at Uranus, <laughs> then yeah, I have to have a telescope. No, actually, can, you, can, you can see it with binoculars, actually. Well, then I guess that answers my question. With your telescope, you can see it. Oh, yeah. Plain okay. Day. And it's kind of a bluish. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a soft green. I mean, it's really, it's funny how subtle the color is with that planet. It's just barely an aquamarine, maybe. And then uh, is it again? What you got over there? Were you looking for the orbit orbit period? Yes, how 84 long? 84 years? It's 84 years. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah. Around the sun? Around the sun. Wow. Yep, so, you know, 42 years, one hemisphere is completely being baked, and the other one is, you know, freezing. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, how does life develop there in a sense? It doesn't. I, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, it's a gas planet, too. That's what I was going to say, too, again, and that's another same thing. And it's thing. so like, stinking is there a cold, metal core? dude. Yeah. So, yeah, probably so. And it has moons. But see, now, I don't think, though, that... That or Neptune are large enough to make the metallic, liquid metallic hydrogen. I don't think there's enough mass and gravity for those but to can, do but, the same but thing. But it can do diamonds? But it's still making diamonds, yeah. Rains yeah. diamonds. Of course, you know, so you, can't, you can't be thinking like bling and stuff, you know. It's right, It's more right, like just, right. you know, teeny tiny particles, but it's still carbon, and they say it's probably like diamonds. I was thinking bigger than that. You so know, they're smaller, you're thinking? Speaking of uh, diamonds and space, yeah. you know, a neutron star, Yeah. they say the entire crust is basically diamond. Yeah. Just carbon. Man, don't tell. And then inside that, that is a sea of neutrons. Hey, hey pss, send them. Send all the crazy <laughs> send ones. Send them. There. Send them to go get it. <laughs> all right. So here comes the uh, Neptune. Oh shit! I'm glad you said that. I was going. Yeah, skip that one it. also has a big storm on it, just like Jupiter. Um, okay. It's, it's a much darker blue. And we're that far one, out now. Oh, dude. Yeah. Not in the 70s term. Far that's a uh, hundred twenty something year way. orbit, hundred and forty year orbit, something like that. Maybe even more than that. 178 years, is it? Uh, I don't know. That's a long stinking And time. I think there's only been two probes this far. And we just went, <laughs> yeah, zing by. So that one, the highest winds ever recorded in the solar system belong to Neptune. Um, on, the, on, its, on the planet itself? The planet itself, yeah. Really? Yeah, in the, See, upper, yeah, in the upper, upper atmosphere. And I want to say a thousand miles an hour has been recorded. That's just ridiculous. Something like that. 164-year orbit. Okay, 164. Yeah, I said like 170 or something. So yeah, it's pretty close. Yep. Super cold. Um, its moon is Triton. Yes. And that one has uh, liquid nitrogen geysers. And we we, we got to get some photos I mean, of dude. this. Dude. We got to get some photos of this, yep. man. Oh, and here's something cool, too, about Neptune. Even though, you know, Pluto is no longer recognized by the International Astronomical Don't Union. jump ahead. Don't jump okay, ahead. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, go but ahead. even though it's not actually, you know, recognized anymore, I still think it's a planet. But Pluto is actually a moon of Neptune. That's what I've heard, you know. Yes, because for every three times Neptune goes around, exactly three times Pluto goes around twice. So that's another reason why the International Astronomical Union says that it's not a planet because it's actually being influenced by another planet right. instead of rather than sun and clearing out its own orbit. And its orbit is so stinking elliptical, Pluto's is, that for you know quite a long period out of its orbit, it's actually not the closest or not the farthest from the sun. Neptune is actually farther from it. And it's so much smaller compared to oh, Neptune. Oh, it's teeny tiny. You know, it's, so. smaller than, uh, uh, it's smaller than Mercury as well. And so it's like, is it, no, with the planet debate, is it just that it's so small that Neptune for a brief period of time is able to influence it, right? Or no, is it, it does the entire time. That's what I'm saying. Because of that uh, that uh, synchronous orbit, Okay, they're saying that literally Pluto is orbiting Neptune. 
because Neptune is having more influence on than its orbit than the sun even is. And that's what I mean, though. There's there the the wasn't it Neil deGrasse who killed it? Was it him? He might have been someone that started it. Yeah, but it was literally the International Astronomical Union. They redefined what made it a planet, and that was the biggest blow to it was that it can't, it doesn't have enough mass to clear out its own orbit, which is a double fold because it doesn't have its own orbit. You know what I mean? It's orbiting another planet. So whether it's a planet or not, which I guess they're saying we're gonna we're gonna call it, it's not. Is that the last one, or have we not found a couple? Oh my word, we found a bunch more that in our same size as Pluto, or pretty close to it, and Quayo are, and um, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. And the more we're spending time now looking into, Mm -hmm. um, what is it? uh, So there's the Oort cloud, and that's past the Kuiper Belt. The Kuiper Belt. That's the one that's just outside of Pluto, which they're thinking that that's actually a member of the Kuiper Belt. And uh, but the more they're looking into that belt, they are finding more and more of these large icy objects. And I think we should say too that the only thing that's been I mentioned it a minute ago that's been that far is the two uh, probes, right? Three. Don't forget New Horizons. That's the one that actually went out there, and its sole purpose initially was to check out Pluto. And we got the awesome pictures of it. And um, I actually remember that thing launching too. Um, I used to live off Gulf Avenue in Gulfport, and uh, I didn't go to work that day just so I could watch launch. Nice, nice. Yeah. I was excited. What were the other two? Um, now that was Voyager one and okay. Voyager two. I couldn't remember if it was Voyager or Viking. Yeah. That's why I had to ask yep. you. I didn't want to say it wrong. Yep. Uh, and they are the furthest man-made objects away. Absolutely. And they are. We actually just got another. I'm still alive. Signal too. From what year did they? 1972. Something like that. Yeah, I don't remember the exact six? year, but yeah, it was in the 70s. Dude, yep. and they're just still trucking away, and only one of them is still speaking to us. Exactly. And yeah, they're saying that it's got maybe three or four more years, and the <sighs> reactor crazy. will completely be out of gas now. Because it can only send a 20-watt signal. 20 watts. And then we pick up what we actually detect with all of our fancy Mm -hmm. uh, radio instruments. I think it's like 11 zeros and then like 0.27 of a watt. That's all we get. And And all we we pretty much hear is is I'm alive, like you said. Well, no, it's still sending back there. Okay, so there was originally 11 instruments on it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then over time they've been shutting them down Mm -hmm. and now it's down to four. That's crazy. But it's still checking like, uh, you know, they're looking for the solar wind and interaction with interstellar space and stuff. Yep. Magnetism, but yeah, it's almost done. Dude, so we covered the whole entire solar system, except for we did leave out the sun, but we were talking planets. Sure. So uh, I think we've been at it for an hour and three minutes. I think that's a killer introduction to what Absolutely. I want this series. This is going to be a series. We talked about this. It's going to be a okay. series on the podcast. Uh, so when am I coming back? Whenever you're ready, man. And we're going to pick another, we're going to pick another like, uh, we could do one on just the Voyager stuff. We could do one on just, Dude. Kevin is not, <laughs> he's sitting over there like, I don't know, man. It's ain't really... We could do a we could do a South Park one if you want. You know, I'm I'm a very big fan of the Big Bang Theory, the TV show. Yeah, oh, yeah. now I know how Penny feels. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, literally, yes. I'm, nice. I'm sitting there like, it's not. Yeah. You're not digging it. No, uh, I love all the info, uh-huh. and a lot of it, um, it's just stuff that I have never really just dug into myself. Yeah, uh-huh. but well, that's the goal. Hopefully, people that hear listening this. to you two talk and googling some information and finding out some some facts that I didn't know. Yeah has made me want to look up some more stuff. Okay. Yeah, so, that's that's the goal. Okay. I hope people that listen to this podcast maybe aren't in the space or don't know that they maybe are. Maybe one day I'll get invited to go look through a telescope. There you go. Dude, there you go. Let's do it. There you <laughs> go. Let's do it. 
We uh, got to talk about the sun eventually, though. Yeah, that's Nothing what I'm saying. The yet. sun could probably be its own Dude. thing, and we we'll, we'll start categorizing this out into episodes. I got a lot of cool stuff. I can't leave the, the first episode of this though, or of the series, uh, and we're gonna come up with a cool name for it. We haven't figured it out yet. Uh, we got to real quick mention to me, other than like I, I mentioned Star Trek, and there's been a lot of factors that influenced me on this, but like my my favorite 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 watching Cosmos. Carl Sagan. Oh, like, dude. I got to mention him before we get out of the here. The pale blue dot. Dude, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. I, it was, I love that show. I love, love, love watching that show. Cool. If you've never seen the original, go watch the original from the 70s. You must. You have to watch it. If you think anything we talked about was killer, he's going to do 20 more times, you know, deeper mm-hmm. of an explanation. Oh, my word, yes. And, and just, he's the man. Billions uh, yes. and billions. Billions and billions upon <laughs> billions of stars. Uh, Carl Sagan. Cosmos from the 70s. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson did do one the past 14, 2014, 2015, I think. Something, something like, like that. that, yes. And it was really, really good, it too. It was super good, but I like the original just because that's Hey, you wouldn't have had Neil without the OG. That's right. Yeah, he, he did kind of yeah. take him under his wing there mm-hmm. um, before he passed away in the 90s. But, uh, dude, Chad, thank you so much for thank coming Thank you for having this. me. Dude, you came. I texted. We talked about it. Take the time out of your night to come and do this, man. I really appreciate it. Kevin, thank you for sitting through us. Thank you for the fact check also. Thank you for Googling. Thank you for uh, being our penny, man. I had a good time. <laughs> awesome. Good. I learned I learned a little bit. And thank you all I for- I probably uh, learned more than I did in high school. Exactly. Oh, there really? It there it is, man. That's See, this was just a, a brush over this was, too. And, and oh, another thing too, we would, I talked about like, uh, I'm going to make notes and I was like, man, you and Chad and I, we're going to get together on some topics. Dude, you came in here cold, right? Like you didn't yeah. re- brush. This is all just shit no. you know. Nice. I wanted That's, to do it this weekend, you know, like yeah. brush up on like the lander and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and wing it. Yeah. Well, I think it turned out really good, man. And I hope everybody's that you're still listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for listening, by the way, if you stuck with us this long. And uh, until we do it again, we're going to come up with a name for the mini series and uh, we're going to keep pumping these out. Kick butt. Thank you. <laughs>